This is the Community Roundtable, a production of .com Plus, 105.5 FM WNSP, 92.1 The Zoo, 96.5 The Crab, and 92.5 The Soul. Here's Kelly Finley. Good Sunday morning and welcome to the Community Roundtable. I'm Kelly Finley. Always a pleasure to chit-chat with you, especially as we move and groove our way through, gosh, we're already in March, hard to believe. But as we move, we also want to be informed. And so my next guest, she's going to do just that. She's in the area visiting us. And I said, while you're here, go ahead and help us understand some really important topics when it comes to our health. As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves, tell you which organization they're with, and then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. I am Shatina Nosu, and I am the Sickle Cell Account Manager for the American Red Cross for Alabama and Mississippi. First of all, welcome. Thank you. No, thank you for being here. If they knew what we had to go through, right? <laughs> Let because me tell you. <laughs> you, you stay on the road. And, I do. And, and, and you're going to explain why that's so important. And really, the I know you mentioned the states, but just how many counties and how many people and how many events are you doing to help people understand what sickle cell is? So let's, let's start at the, the basics. Okay. Sickle cell. Well, sickle cell is a genetic blood disorder that affects mostly the minority communities. Um, it does affect people with um, from Asian and Hispanic backgrounds, but most predominantly it does affect the African-American community. Um, it is one of those health disparities that does not get a lot of attention. So being part of the Red Cross and part of our focus and our goal is to encourage, to educate, and bring awareness to this disease. Um, sickle cell, when, once you have sickle cell disease, you're born with it. You don't get it when you're 20 years old or just by circumstance. It is genetic. So you're born with this disease, and what happens is you're born with these crescent-shaped, hard sickle cells. Looks like, I think, more like a cashew is how I like to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are born with what I call like red juicy grapes <laughs> type cells. That's the word. Visual. That's, that's, so that's visual. Hope. Exactly. Yes. This is, that's what, uh, well, that's what our, our whole blood cells look like. But a patient with sickle cell disease have the crescent cashew shaped cells. Do, do they have both? They do have okay. both, but the, their cells are mostly the crescent shaped sickle cells. That's why it's called sickle cell disease. And what happens is, is that oxygen is not flowing through their body because it's because of these, cells they're sticking together now sticky and everything um so pretty much the oxygen is not flowing with through their bodies and what happens is when a patient with sickle cell disease goes through a crisis that means it go anywhere from being in severe pain um from any part of their body stomach legs arms um not able to move it can go as far as having um heart failure or stroke or even um lung issues And these are affecting babies and children up until our teenagers and adults. So this is a lifelong, ongoing disease. And what happens is when the whole blood, through a transfusion, the whole blood is infiltrating the body and replacing some of those sickle cells. So it's kind of like you drink a glass of water. And then you're like, oh, I feel so much better, rejuvenated. 
That's what transfusions does. It's, re- it's putting the whole blood back into your body and giving, letting the oxygen flow through. So it's better for them to adapt and better for them to have a more chance to, let's get on to the next day. Let's, I can move a little bit better. I can breathe a little bit better. I can walk a little bit better. So that's what the um, blood transfusions are for. I just skipped straight from sickle cell to You're blood You're not kidding. I mean, I'm so. a, I mean, my mouth dropped open. Like, Yeah. I asked, somebody asked me yesterday, so, okay, I know about sickle cell. What is the Red Cross and sickle cell? How does that correlate? Well, because sickle cell patients, one of their um, is blood transfusions is a treatment for sickle cell disease. Blood transfusions are? Yes. Yes. Huh. I mean, there are medications and so forth, and you have stem cell um, transplant, but ongoing basis, a sickle cell patient may need maybe up to 100 units through their life. Because think about it. You're replacing it. I have a child 11 years old. Every three weeks, he goes to the hospital for a transfusion. I mean, you're really painting a totally different picture than I think people can even imagine unless this is impacting your family right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about maybe I'll donate, maybe I won't. But what, what that donation can mean for a sickle cell patient. It means a lot. I mean, I'm, I, we have six sickle cell disease associations across the state of Alabama. And Alabama actually has the most. And that's like, to me, is phenomenal when I think about it. Um, so when I speak to the foundations, they're telling me what patients, they're going to clinics, telling me what patients are in the hospital, um, what they're doing for their patients. The foundations are providing so much outreach and help to patients that are in need. But um, as far as the Red Cross and what we're doing is just making it, making people more aware of making our community, the African-American community, of what we can do to help. And that's through the blood transfusions. How is that possible? I don't want to donate blood. It's not my problem. Uh, <laughs> I need all my blood. You heard, right. You've heard all that. <laughs> I, I've heard all of it. Right. But my goal is to educate. Let's get through some of those topics. And, and I ask the question, why? Why do you not want to donate? Why do you think you need all your blood? Let me make a phone call to Donovan and let him know, guess what? Your brothers and sisters are not going to help you this month. Mm. I mean, you really put it out there, but you have to because people don't understand. And sometimes, you know, some people are a little selfish. Okay? Yes, they are. And they tend to not care until it's their child, mm-hmm. their mother, their grandchild, their their neighbor, sister's brother's friend who they grew up with since kindergarten. Correct. Then all of a sudden they start paying attention and wanting to do something. But it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. I was at one blood drive and the gentleman, I'm like, come on, let's donate blood. Why do you want to? And he's the one that said, it's not my problem. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. Talk to me about it. Let's, let, let, let me educate you. Let me talk to you about the process. That's one thing. Mm. We don't understand the process of donating blood or I'm scared of needles and so forth. And it's something that we haven't grown up with, the donation process. So a lot of times we don't understand as a community what is really doing and how does it impact each other to, unless something happens to someone we know. He says, well, wait till my wife has needs blood. And I'm trying to explain to him by that time, it might be too late. Right. You know, we the blood is tested. Blood is sent out. Once you donate, the blood is sent out to the laboratory. We're testing for everything. And we're testing to see if you have those special, specific markers in your blood that's matching, you know, patients with sickle cell, patients who are cancer patients, you know. It's just having the blood already on the shelf available in time of crisis. Let me ask you this. So, so when we see a blood drive happening, let's say right around the corner, we're located on Dolphin and Hallett. So let's say we had the we we had you you and your teammates set up to accept donations. Mm-hmm. Where does that blood go? 
It goes to your local hospitals. What happens is it actually goes to where the need is. Okay. I get that question all the time. Well, does it stay local? Does it stay right here? If I donate a mobile, does it stay right here? Honestly, I couldn't tell you that. I can tell you that it goes where the need is. For instance, if you have a patient that is in need of blood here in Mobile, the blood is available for that patient. If I have a patient in Huntsville that is, and you happen to be a perfect match for that patient, what do you want me to tell them? I'm sorry, we can't send that blood to him. I'm so so happy you're putting it in. No, honestly, you have to be this descriptive with with what's going on because this is life. Yep. So so the Red Cross provides blood to most of the hospitals in Alabama. So for that being said, so we go with the hospital, the blood is sent to where the need is. If we have a 20-car pileup tomorrow, that blood is coming from Mobile, it's coming from Huntsville, it's coming from Birmingham to go to where that need is right then. Because mm-hmm. you have all, this, all these injuries, blood is needed. You want us to keep it in Mobile, and then what happens? Blood expires. Really? So it's just on the shelf. Listen to listen, listen. You are really hipping us I to mean, some information. <laughs> I told you I learned something new I, every day. <laughs> look here. I mean, I know people are listening in the radio on the radio in the car or, or at home on the app. But raise your hand if you knew that. That blood expired. Like milk. You know, you you, you that's why it's so important to like every fifty six days you donate blood. Every fifty six days. It's that's it's it has a time limit on the shelf. Hmm. You know, it will expire if it doesn't isn't if it's not used. Guarantee you we're using it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're like, Oh, not it not today, not today. I mean, there's so many stories out there of people who will say, If I waited one more day, you know, or someone else waited one more day, my life my wife wouldn't live. Oh. That 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 I, gives yeah. you all the feels right there. Mm-hmm. And while you can't predict where this blood is going to go, can you at least say that it stays in the state of Alabama? I'm going to say it goes where the need is. Okay, that's good to know. Yes, it it goes where the need is. Since we supply the hospitals in Alabama, mm -hmm. it does, a lot of the blood does stay at our local hospitals. But however... If there is a crisis somewhere and blood is needed, right in our na- in our neighboring states, in our neighboring we're sending states, it. like yes, blood will Love go it. where the Love need it. is. Um, that's something that some people may not like or appreciate, but the most part, the important thing is that's the most you're saving a life. Where does it matter where the life is? It's a gift of life, and I always tell people that sometimes when they say, "I want to give, but I don't have the funding. I don't. I don't have the resources to give something this simple." can make mm-hmm. a world of difference for exactly. local families or families are in our neighboring states or wherever. I mean, if you're really going to give a gift and mean well, it shouldn't matter where it goes. I, I, I believe that. And the one thing that we do have with the Red Cross, we do have an app. And on the app, as a donor, you can track where your blood is. Stop it. You can see, okay, I've donated today. <laughs> you got your, it tells you, oh, I'm O positive, O negative. So it tar- tells you your RH factor. Then it also tells you, if you are if you are if you have the sickle cell trait because we were testing for the sickle cell trait through the through June, um, and then it tells you your blood is in testing is is this and is that, and then it tells you oh your blood ended up at Saint Vincent Hospital at UAB. That is so special. Like mm-hmm. I think about when you see people, especially on Facebook, and they do different um, um, donation type opportunities for their birthday. Let's say like, instead of giving me a gift, donate to this organization. Think about how you can track you can track your own blood. You can track your blood. And that's a gift. Yes. And then if you are a perfect match 
for a patient with sickle cell disease, like have all those special antigens of those CEK negative factors, then the Red Cross lets you know, guess what? You matched a patient with sickle cell disease, and then we call you a sickle cell hero. And- See, I want to like I want to give right now. I wish you had something. <laughs> I wish you had well, where were you tools. yesterday? <laughs> oh my goodness, this is so special. Yes. But I think people need to better understand because there are some people who are afraid who may say, "I want to give, but I don't. I don't want to be bothered with this all the time. Like I just want to give one time and go away because they're almost afraid mm-hmm. that it's going to take a toll on their body in ways in which they don't know." Well, that's the part where the education comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Educating yourself is always key to anything. And with this process, I, I can't talk about if I don't do it. I donate myself every 56 days. So they, they have my last blood drive. They're like, okay, you have until February, whatever date. So I'm on the calendar to donate at uh, the Sickle Cell Foundation's blood drive. But and then I do what I need to do to prepare. So I like to talk about eating right. You know, African-Americans, a lot of times our iron is not at the same standard as other um, as our counterparts, so we may have to do more to reach that level to have a successful donation. A lot of times, especially at our high schools and our colleges, our young people don't eat. No, you they know, don't. they just grab a bag of chips and say, "Oh, I ate for today." And right. I'm sitting there talking to them like, "Okay, baby, no, honey, go over there and get you a slice of pizza. Let's go. Let's get you. Let's go to Chick Fil A. We need to eat." <laughs> and normally, I bring, end up bringing food when I come anyway because I know they're not eating right. So even giving out the little things like I, I make a, a goodie bag. In the goodie bag, it has oranges, it has cereal, it has um, oatmeal in it. So when I come and talk and educate our young people at colleges and universities, I give out these little goodie bags as an example of iron-rich foods, encouraging them also to drink plenty of water. This is what iron-rich foods look like, not just a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. and tell you, go do this. So constantly talking to them about how do you prepare, talking to at health fairs, talking to whoever's coming up, not just about sickle cell disease, but how to prepare for a blood donation. Don't yeah. think of it as you're going to the doctor's office. Well, oh, I need to fast. Oh, no, honey. You need to eat. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you need we to eat the right things. Out. I know. <laughs> right. Oh, this yeah. is so um, empowering, this information mm-hmm. you're giving. and Because I, I think about my most informed stage, I think, honestly, in my life is when I became a, well, when I was pregnant. Because I wanted to know what do I need to do to make sure I have this healthy baby. Mm-hmm. And I remember them, of course, talking about the importance of your iron. And, and, and foods that are rich in, um, like, folic acid. And it, you just start hearing about things that you maybe you already enjoyed it but didn't know that there is some great benefits to it right. when you um, are trying to help save a life or bring right. a life into the world. Right. And it's about, and it's about just, like I said, it's always education. Yes. And, and showing, having visual, mm-hmm. and a lot of times investing in our young people taking the time not just say oh here's a piece of paper but just say here is what it looks like you know and knowing that at the end of the day they're going to some of them have about have a positive attitude about the whole process some of them are really scared of needles i'm like wait a minute but you tied it all up honey what you talking about i know honestly there's like a light bulb moment shatina there's a light bulb like oh i did have needles uh-huh like oh i forgot i'm like really mm-hmm. or, or you had piercings <laughs> like did that hurt tell me so it's also that conversation and getting on the level of people yeah. you 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 know your audience that's for right. sure that's for right. sure and that's when how you educate and then encouraging and like you guys did such a great job let's do it let's when you can we do it again and just like every 56 days and then knowing hearing people's stories on our college campuses and in high schools oh 
I had a friend who had sickle cell. Oh, I have a sickle cell trait. And I'm like, well, you tell me about it. What do you know? There you go. And then you have your classmates hear your story or hear this. And it's like you're, it's peer to peer. Mm-hmm. So we make and an you, impact. And you retain more information when somebody has something that maybe you have or maybe they're around your same age. Mm-hmm. You, they're, they're speaking your lingo. It's not yeah. a parent telling you don't do this and don't do that. But it's your peer, um, you know, that bi-directional when it comes to that messaging. You can say something. They can give you information back. That, I will right. never look at a cashew the same again. <laughs> I know. Like I had, or a grape. I had, first, I was doing cranberries as a, like, sorry, like as a show and tell. Uh-huh. I'll have cranberries as whole blood and then cashews. My manager's like, what, what was this? And I had, what are you doing with food? <laughs> well, I have to do, sometimes visual aids work better to get people to understand whole blood, sickle blood. So yeah. they're so you can see the difference visually because I don't have a microscope on me to, <laughs> you know, walk around with. But I do the best that I can with educating. So getting that information out that way, knowing this is what this is. This is what we need. And this is why we need it. Having that blood from the similar ethnic background because the ethnic because it's genetic makes a big difference. Now, sickle cell patient or patient with sickle cell disease can get a transfusion from someone of from not not their genetic background. However, Mm -hmm. there's a more likelihood for that blood or that patient to have, um, to be rejected, you know? So having that similar ethnic background with that genetic, um, makeup Mm -hmm. makes it more easier for that blood to be accepted into that patient's body, especially if they have more having transfusions for years. So having that blood available, that's similar to them, to their genetics. It's a lot better. Oh, I have so many questions. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so we know that the, the, the majority, as you said, from a sickle cell standpoint, we're talking about African-Americans, but also the Asian population and yes. Hispanic. Hispanic population, Latina and Mediterranean descent. I spoke to a lady yesterday on the phone, and I could tell by her voice that she was not African-American. <laughs> but the more I talked about what I do, she's like, you know what? My son has a sickle cell trait, and you would never know it by looking at me. No, and, and that's another thing because mm-hmm. people will say, well, you don't look sick. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's the mindset. Right. And, and something I've learned from people who have sickle cell, um, when they started going to the dating age, mm-hmm. this is something that they had to tell their partner just in case this escalated to, you know, um, engagement and marriage. And they talk about having children that, that their partner needed to know um, that they have sickle cell. Right. It doesn't exactly. mean life stops, but it means you have to be educated. Yes, making more informed decisions. And a lot of our young people do not understand. Um, so when I am talking and get to the reproductive health part, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, they're teaching me things. I'm like, let me close my ears. I don't need to. Wait a minute, I'm almost 50 years old. Y'all know, wait a minute. I'm just need to talk about sickle cell. <laughs> That's real, right? Yeah, there. I know. I know. So talk, speaking to them and just like, if you have the trait and you know how it it is genetic, so how you can carry and pass it on in your partner as well. Mm-hmm. And then your child, a higher percentage of your child having the actual disease, you know, we are athletes, high school athletes are being tested once they go for to yes. go into college, Yes, you know, and, you know, and also our military, they're mm-hmm. being tested and they're like, they have to wear, I was told the, um, and when they're in training, they wear the red armbands so that they the officers know, oh, they have a sickle cell trait. That means there are certain things that may happen. There are so many levels of sickle cell that's not that's not all the same. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have the trait and you're going to develop into sickle cell disease. It does not work that way. 
you will just have the trait. It will not go into the disease. You are so well-versed on something that many don't know. I really appreciate how you're breaking it down, and it makes sense why you travel around to do such. I have to tell you, and I've shared this with our audience before, but my oldest, he runs cross-country and track in college. And so we did all this paperwork, everything. And right before he was going to move in, they said, wait, you need to get a sickle cell test. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, w- when did this start? And it's, it's brand new, mm-hmm. but it makes so much sense. And so we had to find someone to do this it, because it, it's not something that's readily available as far as we knew at the time, because we were kind of in rush, rush mode, but it was very easy. You know, the, the entire process, because you talk about the word process, his results came in. He's good. Thank God. And he was able to go on his way, but he couldn't join the team mm-hmm. unless he had this test performed. Right. Because they find that a lot of times with the sickle cell trait, if you are an athlete, you may have be more cautious of hydration and, you know, running and football track and field, you know, though you can become dehydrated. And if you happen to have a crisis, then, you know, this could be why. And it's mostly because it's probably dehydration. And that's that's one of the key features of knowing, oh, I have the sickle cell trait. I'm an athlete. Let me make sure I'm always having my water intake. Oh, I feel a little woozy. This may be why. It's another informed, informed information about your health. You know, we they the state of Alabama started testing every newborn baby for sickle cell in 2006. Mm. So we have that generation of young people that has not been tested at all. So when these kids are coming out, we I was born in 2004. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I was born in 2000. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to ask, how old are you, honey? <laughs> you know, that's I was at Miles College the other day. I'm like, oh, okay. So you know, and then but when you when we do test your blood. You, we are like I said, we notify you that you have the trait, and then we send you a letter and tell you to please refer back to your primary care physician to follow up. You know, we're not your medical primary care, so we do give you the correct information so to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, the sickle cell foundations are aware of newborn babies that are born with sickle cell disease, and so they reach out to those families as well, and that's cr- across the state. And that makes such a difference if you're starting at that young that young age and that you can grow into the knowledge and you can, um, you know, better inform the parents. Of course, the baby will learn, will grow up and learn. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, it feels like some people who find out late in life, they're playing catch up almost to their health. And they're saying, now it makes sense why X, Y, and Z happened. Exactly. Because I, because I have this trait. You mentioned, like I said, the states that you, that you travel um, to inform people and help people to understand. How many states? It's Alabama, Mississippi. How many counties? I don't know. <laughs> well, there's 67. Like, where am I today? <laughs> I know, like, well, there's today. 60, there are 67 <laughs> counties in Alabama. So I'm going to say all Let's of see. them, it well, seems like. I know, like, what's today? Today, I don't even know. Today I'm in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Saturday. I'll be in Biloxi. Mm -hmm. Monday, I'll be back in Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Friday, I'll be in Tuscaloosa. So I go where blood drives are, where health fairs are, where I am invited. Okay. (laughs) And I like to go, like, for instance, okay, for HBCUs, we have um, almost every HBCU in the state of Alabama has or will have a blood drive for their school year. That's progress. That is huge. We're talking about Tuskegee University, Oakwood, Miles, Bishop State had a blood drive. Um, Alabama, um, what's another Alabama one? Alabama State? 
Alabama State, of course, mm-hmm. and A and M. You know, they had that Magic City class. And do know when I say progress, it's mm-hmm. progress in anything. If you can say all of something is participating, mm-hmm. that is a, a big majority, you know what yes. deal. That's and a big yes, deal. Yes, exactly. And then we have our HBCU Ambassador Scholarship program that's I'm trying to entice our young people with with free money honey so (laughs) so you have our scholarship program at our HBCUs that um, that we will teach them leadership skills and organizational skills and what they do is whatever if they're a soft rising sophomore and up apply for a scholarship from the Red Cross and then all you need to do is hold two to three blood drives on campus for the school year And, and then you're in the running for a scholarship you apply for the scholarship and that's all you need to do that's it for the school year, that's the, it. I you make me want to go back to school, <laughs> yes. just like, like real fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> have I mean, the blood drives, get my scholarship, and that money is there. And then we we're, we're mm. talking to you about sickle cell. You go for a week's training in Atlanta, and then you are set with a mentor. We don't set you on your own. More than likely, it'll be me if for the state of Alabama. And also another account manager in your local area. I, I, I think everybody wants you to be their mentor. I mean, you're <laughs> fantastic at this. You've been doing this job for how long? Since May of last year. Ooh, they um they have hit the uh, jackpot with you. I'm really. trying, and I I hit the I hit the ball running. Yeah, you're not kidding. You well, do I hit the ground. I didn't hit I the ball. Hit the ground. Well, that too. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I asked you what's the mission of your organization, and you mm-hmm. said the American Red Cross prevents and alleviates human suffering in the face of emergencies by mobilizing the power of volunteers and the generosity of donors. Please remind people that they can give the gift of life. And how easy it is. It is so easy to give that gift. Just, I always say, roll up a sleeve. Um, the gift of life is so important. It don't just wait until that incident or that something happens um, or that something moves you. Educate yourselves. I mean, we have our high school students who are donating. We were at LaFleur High School yesterday. We we're going to Blunt High School. And just, you know, show our young people this can be done. This is why we do it. Um, it's as easy as going to redcrossblood.org and putting in your zip code and seeing what blood drives are in your area and, and make an appointment. It's easy as calling me and say, hey, Shatina, where's the diversity blood drive at? I just want to go to A&M. I want to go to Bishop State. When is that next blood drive? And I can tell you, um, our churches or say our church is having a health fair. Can you come? Yes. <laughs> She, and she means it. She, and I mean it. Right. I, I'm, I'm true to my word. I, I, I try my best because it's so important. It is. And just it takes that 45 minutes to just from health history. We're asking you health history questions like have you had COVID? Have you had the vaccine? Which does not stop you from from um, donating blood if you're diabetic. It used to prevent you from diet, from donating blood. It is no longer that case as long as you're under medical um, you're taking your insulin and under um, directions from your doctor, um, things like that. So what she just said is there's no excuse is what you just Pretty heard her much, say. much, unless you got a temperature <laughs> or you take specific <laughs> antibiotics. But other than that, okay. um, no, it's open to everyone. Okay, give me the um, how much, how old you need to be to give blood. 16 years old with a parental consent. Okay, and you need to weigh at least how much? That's a trick question. I never could get it right. <laughs> Over 100 and something. 110 pounds. Okay. Okay. But it changes for high school versus oh, college. Okay. So I always say, let's 
just try and see. The charge nurse that's there, our, our dedicated staff will be able to tell you if you weigh enough. It's your height and your weight. I can promise you I don't have that problem. I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> say either. that. I'm okay, I'm okay with it. Like I'm a, yes. I'm a whole woman right mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. We're wrapping up. But give us, the again, the uh, website. Give them your name, first name, last name, and the phone number that they should call you on. My name is Shatina Nosu, N-W-O-S-U. My number is 205-644-3247, and you can go to www.redcrossblood.org and make an appointment. There you have it, the gift of life. I mean, it's impactful and empowering, and I thank you, ma'am, for joining me. You are so worth it. All this information, we are better because of you. Thank Thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Community Roundtable. Keep it tuned to this Sound of Mobile station. Coming up next is 251 Now. With Kelly Finley. You've been listening to the Community Roundtable, a production of .com Plus, 105.5 FM WNSP, 92.1 The Zoo, 96.5 The Crab, and 92.5 The Soul. Tune in next Sunday at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Community Roundtable on the Sound of Mobile.